Hi, and welcome to the Athena Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. I started a journey long ago to heal myself, and I want to bring you along. I have a master's degree in counseling, plus certifications in Reiki, regression, and hypnosis. My goal is to help women heal our unique emotional pain by showing you all the ways that exist to do just that. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves, we are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Every Tuesday, I'll introduce you to guests, topics, and modalities that will inspire you to try something new on your path. Let's get started. On the show today is Megan Thompson, an Akashic Records practitioner, Reiki master, and certified holistic coach. She has been seen in Badassery Magazine, as well as featured on the Badassery Podcast and the Empowered AF Podcast, which you might recognize from my former guest, Caroline Addington. Megan works one-on-one as well as with groups of women to coach and heal them, and she uses the Akashic Records among other healing modalities. In our time together, we dive into what the Akashic Records are, how Megan uses them, and her personal story of moving out of a place of skepticism in order to be her authentic self and to do this work. We also take a few minutes to look at my Akashic Records, which was really fun. And so you'll get a glimpse into a little bit more about me and also what it would be like to have a session with Megan or to work longer term with her. Well, Megan, let's just go ahead and start by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Yeah, so I am from New York. I like to say I'm a recovering New Yorker. Um, (laughs) I've lived in California for almost a decade now, but I was born and raised in Long Island, New York. Long Island. Um, Yeah, and so the work that I do, I share that because the work that I do now, if I were to ask my New York version of myself, if I ever thought that this would be what I would be doing, I would be like, um... No, you're crazy. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's really funny how I remember um, maybe four years into living in California, I was like laying in a yoga class, barefoot, you know, sweaty, thinking, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen to me? (laughs) And um, so the work that I do is I am an Akashic Record practitioner. I'm a Reiki master, and all-around soul healer. And I like to say that I work with Wild Women Rising. I have this um, slogan, for lack of a better word, that is, when wild women rise, we rise together. And it's really just bringing the collective of these incredible women that we are together to unravel the conditioning and the bullshit that we have been carrying around that says that we have to be a certain way to be successful, usually a very masculine dominant way of go after it, go, 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 achieve, 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 do, do, do. And I, um, through my work and through my own healing process, have realized like, that's not really how we work. And that's not how we create the success we want and the fulfillment we want. And so, you know, and that's why I say the recovering New Yorker, because New Yorkers are such, you know, go, 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 do, do, do. Um, So this is a shout out to all the New Yorkers listening to this. (laughs) Slow down. Take a breath. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so really my focus is on serving and supporting women to get into their sole purpose. So they're not just chasing somebody else's dream but they're truly in alignment with who they are, how they're supposed to show up um, and feel good about who they are day to day in the work that they do and who they serve. And so I work re- I like to work with entrepreneurs who are new to the world, maybe new to the world of coaching or new to the world of being a service-based entrepreneur and I help them get crystal clear about their purpose, their message and how to show up in alignment with their soul. So that's what I use the Akashic Records for. Uh, And then I also work with women to 
just help them. It's usually women usually come to me when they're like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm done doing this. Whatever this is, I can't seem to find my way out of it. I'm ready to, to do something different. And helping them shift more powerfully into who they are. So they could be entrepreneurs who've been doing their work forever who are like, okay, I've been like pushing too hard. I need to create more ease. Or just your average woman who's going to work nine to five and recognizing like something's really missing that I need to find me. I so identify with that. That's like my story right there. (laughs) I mean, truly it's what led me to want to do this podcast. And I feel like our missions are so similar to just really support women in kind of healing those things and discovering who they are so that we can uh, just be more of our authentic selves. So I think that's beautiful, the work that you're doing and you use the Akashic records to inform that. So yeah. um, Tell me about the Akashic Records. I mean, I know what they are, but (laughs) tell tell us about them. And and, um, I know you use them in a specific way, but how could they be used for healing? Yeah, so the Akashic Records, um, that's another, like, one of those woo-woo New York things where I was like, Akashic Records? I didn't even want to become an Akashic Record practitioner. I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And my soul kept guiding me to it. And I was like, ah, fine. Um, so it's like just so funny how that works out. <laughs> I think we resist things that are made for us sometimes. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, so I like to say they're kind of like a Google search engine for your soul. You know, when you hop online and you want to figure out something, you know, whether it be where's the best Chinese restaurant or how do I DIY, you know, chocolate chip muffins or whatever, um, you Google it. And it's the same for us at soul level. So the Akashic Records holds every choice that we have made in our entire soul lifetime. So not this, just this physical lifetime, but the entire duration of our soul from when we individuated from source. And what I mean by that is if we think about all of us coming from the same place, right, all of us coming from source energy, we individuate and we're like, okay, I want to be me. I want to be separate. I want to, I want to create something. I want to be my own version of myself. And so that's when we separate. And then we usually, um, well, not usually, we always end up somewhere, right? So we end up in a solar system. We end up on earth, whatever it is. And, um, and then we start to carry these expressions of our soul. And so the way that I use the Akashic Records is, I, well, I I use it in many different ways, but the way that I primarily help my, my clients, especially around business is I support them to understand when you individuate from source, you carry these certain energy archetypes. And when we understand these energy archetypes, it is like standing on a battery for your success. It is understanding, oh, cool. I operate best this way you know like you were just saying about the bird the bird can go underwater right but the bird doesn't belong underwater that's not where it thrives and so it thrives in the air right it thrives flying and so if you're in business or in life and you're keeping like oh I keep thinking I should do it this way I feel like I should do it this way this is what all the experts say this is the strategy I should use why do I keep running up against the wall Well, usually it's because you're not made to do it that way. You're made to do it a different way. And I tend to work with a lot of spiritual women who can kind of get in that heady space. And so the Akashic Records helps me to help them understand, oh, cool, like maybe you're not made to just be like this clairvoyant person maybe you're supposed to be like grounding and helping people embody who they are let's look at your records so like your your strength centers your power centers um and so that's really healing for a lot of people because it's frustrating like i'm sure you know in your own life when you're trying to do something the way that you think you should the way that the world tells you to do it and it just doesn't work and there's nothing more healing then recognizing I'm not made to do it that way. I give my pers- myself permission to do it the way that feels right for me. And that's huge, yeah. super huge. Yes. Yeah. That's incredibly powerful. Um, going straight to the records is kind of like a, a direct line to just get that information and 
um, I feel like it could push you forward so much faster than if you're just shuffling around trying to figure this out and um, playing the game of like, um, you know, just trial and error is the word I was looking for. It kind of removes that, doesn't totally. it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it took me, so I have been a coach for seven years. And it wasn't truly until I started using the Akashic Records that I was like, oh, I'm crystal clear about how I do my work. So even like for it, you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was huge. Like I was cha-chaing with my work for six and a half years. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I know I'm meant to help people. You know, I know I'm meant to serve. Maybe I can help men. Maybe I can help women. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that, you know. And then I was in and out of jobs knowing miserable in jobs that I knew weren't right for me but I had to get food on the table and I had to do it and I wouldn't change it for the world you know like all of that taught me so much and I'm really good at spreadsheets because of the jobs that I've had (laughs) thank god for that (laughs) um yeah but for myself there's such a huge healing process and you know and of course I resisted the records because on the other side of it was everything that I needed. And we always do that, don't we? Like what we're most afraid of is, is what we most want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. That's so true. Um, I have to tell you how I came to find out about the Akashic records. I just, this is fascinating. So um, my grandmother passed away in uh, 2000. It was like New Year's Eve. So 2005 going into 2006, I was a senior in college and um, it rocked my world. She was uh, very much one of the closest people to me. And several weeks after she passed, I had the most vivid dream where she took me to the other side, heaven, whatever you want to call it. And we were in a library. And at the time I was like, this is bizarre. Like, why is there a library on the other side? You know, I just, and I woke up and I just thought, oh, that was really cool. Like, whatever. I mean, I was just so like happy to have experienced her soul again in such a real way that I didn't really think about the library. Then fast forward to like six years later in 2012, I read um, Michael Newton's Journey of Souls. And, um, you know, for anyone listening who isn't familiar with that book, um, He regresses people to the time before their most recent life, and people consistently say the same thing about the afterlife experience, and one of the things that they consistently describe is a library where books are kept, and this is all just, um, you know, kind of symbolism, I I would say, but um, where books are kept for each person, each soul, and um, the light bulb went off, and I just, I was blown away. I was like, that Mm -hmm. is where she took me, and it was at that moment that I thought this book is truth and maybe not a hundred percent all of it or whatever, but that was like a real tipping point in my spiritual journey for me to, um, just really believe that, you know, having had that visceral experience. And so, um, anyway, I just had to share that with you because it was, it's, they kind of feel near and dear to my heart just because of that experience that I had. So. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, you know, there's something about, you know, that imagery of the records being a library, because that's usually what people imagine it to be. And when I go into the records, I receive books. You know, you know? I ask yeah. for somebody's, I receive books. And sometimes it's like such an adventure. Like my mother-in-law, she's from Ireland. And um, when I did her records, I received her book and it was like this like lush green, like <laughs> almost like um, this beautiful book that had all these all these flowers on it and it was like a trapper keeper that you like zipped open but it was like a little fairy trapper keeper like zipping up on turf and it was, like, oh, wow. it was so fun <laughs> that is so neat oh my gosh yeah. super neat. and again like going back to the New Yorker and me I mean I wouldn't have allowed myself to imagine that this was possible from the conditioning I had growing up in that space. Yeah, I understand that. So how just uh, how did that break open for you? How did you become willing to look into this? Um, it was a series of events, I have to say. I So prior to living in California, I had finished college. I finished my final semester of college um, studying lemurs and the traditional folk music of Madagascar people in Madagascar. 
And it was like so awesome. And I loved it. And they invited me to share my findings at the American Embassy. And it was like this huge, amazing experience. And then I got back to New York and I was like, oh my God, I can't live here. This place is crazy. <laughs> um, and I got, and I was invited to go work in Alaska. And so I worked in Alaska and I loved it. And about six months in, I met this guy who was like super sweet and funny and charismatic and was like so amazingly in love with me. And I had never been so, um, I'd never been so loved externally by somebody. And then three months later, I was pregnant. And I went from having like all of this opportunity and this girl who had like traveled the world and done all this stuff to being barefoot, pregnant, living in Reno, Nevada. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> I just got grounded real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was yeah. 23. Um, turned 24 when I had my daughter mm -hmm. and she cracked me open so much mm -hmm. because I had spent so much time in that like New York, go, 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 do, do, do external validation. Everything's supposed to be like, it's what you do that defines you. It is um, the job that you have. And I became a stay at home mom with a guy that I uh, like loved and thought was really funny and wonderful, but didn't know really and didn't know me and here I was raising this small human and that was humbling and really really painful for me it was really hard it was really really hard I had always dreamed that I would be the most wonderful mother and I was so excited to become a mom and you know I had this vision of having the perfect husband who was my best friend and we could adventure and travel the world together and none of that was my reality we were like struggling financially we I wasn't I refused to go to work because I wanted to stay home and raise our daughter and we fought and I had postpartum depression and um and then about 10 months into her life my dad died and he I mean my dad and I had a really challenging relationship he was an alcoholic who was in and out most of our lives but anyway, it's really hard to lose a parent regardless of your relationship with them, especially a parent who on their deathbed is filled with regrets. I wish I did differently. I wish I did things differently and was still angry. It's all your mom's fault, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And so uh, the beauty of his death was a huge transition for me because him dying so miserably and filled with so much regret gave me full permission to say, I'm not doing that. There's no way I am doing that. And I just in that moment decided that things needed to be different. And so the reason why I was so detached was because I wasn't in my body. I had, spent, I had so much trauma from my childhood and so much trauma from growing up with like an abusive alcoholic parent and so much trauma from, you know, just life that I spent so much. I, it was never in my body. I was always in my head. And my daughter made me get in my body because being pregnant, you can't really not be in your body. <laughs> it's just like, this is what you're doing. And so I was really uncomfortable. I had all these feelings and these emotions. I didn't know how to process and didn't know what to do. And I started, like, I ended up goal, and then I was, like, just rapid fire from there. Having the support of a collection of women was so powerful. And then I went to health coaching school, and then I, um, that really cracked me open. I started meditating. I started doing a lot of yoga. I started journaling, and I kept getting all of this information, like, you need to leave this partner it's not right for you. But the logical side of me was like, how could I leave this man, the father of my child, and he's like such a good man. He's like, and he is. He's still like this really wonderful person. Who am I to think that? Who, who am I to want more? Um, but I couldn't deny it. At that point, I had gotten so embodied, and I had trust, learned to trust what I call my internal universal guidance system so much that finally the message came so much stronger. And I was like, if you don't leave, you're going to be miserable like your dad on your deathbed. I wish I did things differently. And so my daughter was like two and a half and I 
separated with him and I had like negative $20 in my bank account, nowhere to live, no friends, no family. I had some friends, but no family. My family was 3,000 miles away and I made it work. And I um, got a job and I found a house and um, yeah. And so this like, there was like years and years of this nagging though. Like you're supposed to do something more than, you know, work at a job, but I had to get my roots in. Um, and then that years of evolution kind of brought me, I mean, God, the story so long, but kind of brought me to the space of trusting that so much, you know? And, and I finally was like, okay, I can like manifest what I want. I can do this. Like, let me get really clear about what I want. And a couple of years had gone by and I was like, I want a partner. I want that husband that I had dreamed of. I really want that. Um, and I like wrote it all out and I got really crystal clear about what I wanted. And I, and I was like, I'm not dating. I'm not going to, I'm just going to let it happen. And fast forward and married to my husband who's from Ireland. And he proposed to me on the, in this like 18th century library on the cliffs of Northern Ireland. And like <laughs> we travel, you know, we travel the world. We bring our daughter to New Zealand and, oh, actually to Ireland, but hopefully to New Zealand soon. And, um, and he's like, cheers me on all the time. He's like my biggest cheerleader. And if I had not listened to this inner wisdom, then I wouldn't be living the life that I love so much. And so that's really what brought me to do this work for myself and other women. You know, it's like, well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Like, I'm no, there's nothing more special about me than anybody else. And so if I can do this work and if I can serve and support myself to really let go of all the conditioning of how things should be, and embrace the unknown and the uncertainty, um, then I can help other people do that. And that's what's brought me to what I do now. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I think so many women will identify with that. I know I do. <laughs> so much of that. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I don't even know where to go now. I got so um, involved in picturing the story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving me the space to share. It's, it's um such a process, you know, and there was a time in my life where I couldn't share any of that without feeling like crying or feeling like a horrible parent. You know, there were years when I was single parenting and I was like, what was I thinking? You know, like, this is hard. It's, it's not easy to raise a child, um, especially not on your own. And that, you know, hard stuff is what helps us really know who we are and what we're capable of. We don't really want it all to be easy all the time. We don't. And then, um, you know, when something hard comes, we wonder why we wish for it. But on the other side is so much growth and so much beauty. And um, you are using that to inform the way that you help other women and to help them heal and to come into their own and to see their challenges as something that could lead them down a beautiful path. So I think that's incredible. Yeah. In this vein, um, what do you see a lot of women dealing with? specifically Mm, it's like conditioning right that's such a big piece I mean I would say that the number one thing that people women come to me for is to like I need to fix this part of me right I need to fix this you know I like have this tendency to you know be really negative I need to fix that part of me or I have this tendency to you know be constantly stressed I have to fix that and I'm always like, we're not going to fix anything because you're not broken. Yeah. Like, Amen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's like, I, I really don't fit very well, I feel like, in the self-help world because there's this, like, perpetual um, be positive and say high five and, like, you know, shift yourself into this, like, miracle mindset and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, that all has its place and it's perfect and that's important. But, like, don't be positive all the time and forsake your truth and don't just try to stay high vibe and forsake your truth. Like if your truth is you're miserable and things are really hard right now, then stop resisting it because it's going to keep showing up and deal with it. Like deal with the fact that you're miserable because being miserable sucks and we all want to avoid it. But the more we avoid it, the more it shows up. And so 
I, I really, I mean, I feel like we have this idea that we need to fix ourselves in order to be this best version of ourselves so we can show up and be these like wonderful human beings. But the reality is we're human beings. You know, we, we didn't come here. We didn't incarnate into these bodies to just be happy and positive all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we incarnated to feel the whole spectrum of emotion to feel the good, to feel the bad, to mourn, to to love so deeply that when we lose love, we are devastated, you know? And and I, I feel like when I say, when wild women rise, we rise together, I'm really saying we're holding each other as we are in our own perfection yeah. and loving each other for who we are, not who we think we should be. Yes, I so, so fully support what you're saying. And, um, I just, I try to encourage listeners in my episodes to feel those emotions that are coming up for you. You, if you push them aside in the name of positivity, you're not going to heal them. You have to face them. You have to deal with it head on. Uh, you, you have to name it and acknowledge it because if you just try to use an affirmation and just feel happy all the time, you're just dusting it under the rug and it's only going to continue to boil and bubble up. Yes, I totally oh. agree with you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, like you can't affirm yourself away. Right. <laughs> it's not possible. Positive thinking is important. You know, mm-hmm. I, like you said, there is definitely a place for it when you know you need to kind of turn your thinking around if it's spiraling inward. But if you are truly feeling something challenging, you need to feel that and go through it. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think so many women today do just want to fix themselves. No one, I ask this question all the time in my interviews and no one has really given that response. So, um, I like that, that women do, they want to fix themselves. They think something is inherently wrong with them. That's what our society tells us, you know, you're dramatic, you're emotional, you're whatever, and you don't have to fix anything. (laughs) And and I'm like, you know, as much as I do this work and I can speak from that truth, doesn't mean that I'm not affected by it, right? Like, I I still find myself being like, oh, I need to like shift, I need to change this piece of me, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, oh gosh, Megan, you know, and and then it's like, oh well, don't beat yourself up because you know that you can't change it. So it's 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 a double-edged sword, you know. Like my biggest challenge right now is being pregnant and feeling like a giant house and it's like you know beautiful you're so radiant you carry so well and I'm like do you realize that I have boobs on my back (laughs) there's fat rolls that I didn't even know existed and then I have them and I need to wear a bra on both sides (laughs) That's amazing. I get it. Oh my God. It's so like, I don't have, I'm like, you know, okay, cool. Let's be body positive. Let's like love the fact that this is beautiful. Um, But then also accepting, you know, I don't feel beautiful right now. I feel large and round and pink and chubby, (laughs) you know, and that's also okay. Yeah. That's what it is. To acknowledge that. How far along are you? Uh, seven months. Oh, you're getting there. You're yeah. at the tough spot. <laughs> That's when I feel like it starts slowing down and feeling long and <laughs> all that. So, yeah, you'll come through it. <laughs> but I get it. Okay. Acknowledging where you are is definitely absolutely important. Um, what? So this is that was kind of a wonderful um, aside. What it, but what is like a misconception or a misunderstanding about the Akashic Records um, that maybe people just don't understand? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd say like the one piece would be like, it's so woo-woo. Like I'm not going to get any information from that, right? Like, oh, it's just this like woo-woo thing that is I'm not going to really get information from. And and I was, I was that person, so I get it. Um, and also the like the idea that you can't access this information on your own we're accessing this information all the time you know it's not like i'm some super akashic record reader like yes i've been attuned and i have practices that i can use and i basically have maps so i can go into the records and find the information that you need to know right now um but you're not separate from it like this this information is inside of us all the time And so 
oftentimes, like I was accessing the records prior to me ever knowing what it was. And I'm sure that many of your listeners are when they go into meditation and they get this like intuitive hit that like, oh, I have some weird wounding in my heart space that I need to heal around like being a victim. Or I have like some weird propensity to um, constantly avoid my root chakra. And like maybe there's some there's some healing to do there where I need to ground in more and trust that more. Well, it could be that your archetype is root based and, and you are somebody who really works well to be embodied. Like you're already understanding this information and, and accessing it. Um, so I almost like, I don't know. I think that we can get lost in this idea that somebody else has the answers for us and I have to go to them to get them. And I've never been that kind of coach and that healer. Like I always say, I'm not giving you the answers. I'm just here chipping away at the bullshit so you can get, you can see yourself more clearly. You know, like I don't have answers for you. You have answers for you. And we're just looking, looking at them together. It's like I'm holding your hand and I'm loving you through because some of the answers are scary and hard. So yeah, I'd say the biggest misconception is that it's like we need to find we need to find these answers outside of ourselves. Somebody outside of ourselves could know us better than we could ever know us. And like no matter what modality, no matter what you're looking for, that's just not true. Now sure, I mean you can tell me this, but in your own experience when you've connected with either like a practitioner of this kind of Akashic practitioner or a psychic or something, I'm sure they've told you something that in internally you were like, Oh yeah, I know that to be true. Yeah, always. We are our own best healers. Only we know what is the best for us. And I think going to someone else is helpful to like hold up a mirror and to help you to remember who you are. Um, but that's what it is, is remembering. It's not necessarily new information. Yes, I totally agree. Um, oftentimes we hear it and we go, yep, I already know that. <laughs> And so, totally. yeah, in that vein, you were kind enough to offer to um, look at my records. Would you be willing yeah. to kind of share some of that? Absolutely. I was just about to say, I can't wait to share with you and just to see if you're going to go, yep, I already know that. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we kind of briefly touched on it in the beginning, but we were talking about these archetypes that we carry, right? And these characteristics and they, and they contain all these different characteristics, like, you know, what it's like when we're in balance, when we're, what it's like when we're out of balance, what it's like when we, um, we are really in harmony with who we are, um, how we work best in the world, how we serve best in the world. Yeah. So I just did a little mini reading for you and, uh, we'll do it a little bit differently than I've done before, but so when I look at these archetypes, I'm really just curious about you know, who you are at soul level, why, who you express yourself as, you know, and, and how you're most of service to the world and of service to your own self-expression. And so these archetypes are, it's easiest to explain as um, harmonizing with the chakra system because people are really familiar with the chakra system and so when I looked at yours your primary your most dominant archetype is that heart space mm. yeah and so some of the key words with that are you're naturally a nurturer mm -hmm. you nurture you love you hold space you create safe space for people to be who they are to fully express themselves um and so being in balance with that is like really honoring that you don't have to work very hard to hold good space. Like it comes naturally to you. Holding space is who you are. I'm sure you're the kind of person where you'll be on the grocery line and like the person behind you tells you their entire life story and you're like, cool. Always. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I didn't really need to know about Grandma Dottie, but thank you. <laughs> it happened yesterday. It's funny you say that. It happened yesterday. I got trapped in TJ Maxx, and I was like, I, I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's, like, inherently you, right? And something I find with people who carry this archetype is that they doubt their abilities 
um, because they're so natural. They're so easy. Like, it's just so easy for you to hold space. You've been holding space your whole life. You held space for your parents. You held space for the people in school. You held space for your friends. You know, that's just who you are. You hold space. And so when it comes to your work, you know, there's almost like this idea that it needs to be harder. It can't be that easy. You can't just hold space for people and then they feel like better. But like, really, that's it. (laughs) That's what you're good at. (laughs) Yes, that is something I've worked really hard lately on is acknowledging that the things that come so easy to me maybe aren't so easy for everyone else. And I have to understand that that is where um, my abilities lie and to not downplay them just because they feel easy. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because like when you're in balance, you're holding space for people to see themselves even in their raw, real messiness and know that they're still loved and that it's okay. And when you think about it, like there's nothing more valuable than being just seen and witnessed for being exactly who you are and still feeling like you're worthy of love. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's all people really want from someone else, isn't it? Is that unconditional love? We all have the capacity to give it and receive it. Yeah, but that's your superpower. So Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, but the shadow side of that is um, over-nurturing, right? Over-taking care of everybody else. Really putting yourself on the back burner and doing everything for everybody else all the time because it's what you do. You're good at that. It's easy for you to nurture and nurture and nurture but you can nurture until you're depleted and then you're like a total raving bitch, right? Like, ah, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> Get away from me. I need some time. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries are a big lesson for me for sure. Yes. <laughs> yep. And, um, another kind of shadow aspect that I find that these people who carry this heart space energy, um, tend to do is they show people how they want to be loved. Like, you're really good at doing and showing and being the example. And when people don't get, like, when you're like, hey, I've showed you seven times. This is how I receive love. Like, you're like, wait, I don't get it. And, and the thing is, like, you need to articulate what you want. And that can be an uncomfortable space. Like, this is how I need love or this is how I receive love. See how I do this for you. Now, can you emulate that and do that for me? Well, that's so true. That's exactly how I operate, especially in my marriage. <laughs> my husband's like, you just have to tell me. <laughs> I'm working on that too. Yes, that is so me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a big piece, right? Really articulating like, yeah. this is what I need. <laughs> yes. Big time. Because mm-hmm. you inherently know what other people need. Mm-hmm. You don't have to ask as many questions. It's like this, like, you need love. You need some space held. I will hold it for you. I'm here. You know, I know what you need. I know how to nurture you. I know how to serve you. And so you're like, well, wait, why doesn't everybody else know what I need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that is so, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> yeah. Totally yeah. accurate. You want it returned in the same intensity and level that you give it. And uh, that rarely happens, you know? Yeah, Totally. That's where the beauty of merging with your throat chakra and articulating what your heart needs is really important. Yeah, I was going to say the throat chakra has always been important for me too. So I guess it's that sinking together of speaking what I need and and showing love in that way as well. Mm -hmm. And that's where boundaries come in and that are super important, right? Like getting really clear about your boundaries because boundaries can be so fluid with somebody who comes from this heart space archetype, right? Because it's just so easy to be unconditional loving. Like that's you, you're unconditionally loving. But there has to be a point where you recognize like it is not your job to take care of everybody all the time. Yeah. Yes, that is, it's, it can be the most draining thing. And, um, that's actually one of the main reasons I left counseling. Um, mm-hmm. because at the time I had no clue about any of this and I would leave work. I, like I could have just crawled to my car. I was so physically, emotionally done. And I was mm-hmm. just taking on everyone's stuff and holding space all day. And it's exhausting. Uh, and so trying to honor myself and, um, 
do some work where I can help others, but also um, keep myself healthy and in balance has been a really important thing for me to find. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. super interesting. So um, it sounds like all of that resonates. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so then we also carry these other, this other piece of the puzzle. So if we think about when we originate from source, like, yes, we're carrying these archetypes and these energetic blueprints that tell us, you know, these are the spaces we operate best from, right? So for you, you really operate best in holding space. You're really good at that. And it's when you're optimal, you have really clear boundaries around how you're going to hold space and who you're holding space with and being really discerning about your clientele and who you're working with. Because knowing, like, okay, working with that person is exhausting. Maybe that's not my ideal client or my, my ideal customer. You know, and, oh, working with that person is invigorating. This is great. This is the, These are the people that I want to work with. And so that's pretty much that's what I do with my business is I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's get really clear about who you can work with and what feels good with your soul's blueprint, with who you are at soul level. Yeah. Um, and then we look at your origins. So when you individuate, you originate. And oftentimes, I mean, some people originate on Earth, but they tend to be quite rare. I haven't actually found anybody that I've worked with in like 30 or so Akashic readings that um, are from Earth. So they're, they're quite rare. Yeah. Um, they tend to be the kind of people who don't want to do spiritual work because they're like really grounded and they're like, I'm done. I'm fine. I'm here. Earth is good. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're not drawn to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we've got these really cool origins. And this part's always really fun for me because it's like kind of that, that gets like it gets a little woo-woo and fun. But um, we look at, okay, where did your soul originate? Like what's your primary origination? What's like most impacting you? And this is very much like understanding the culture of your soul. Okay. So, when I, I like to say, like, if you were born in China, you'd have a much different culture and understanding of how to communicate with people, have an understanding of a religion, how, how society works, you know, how the hierarchy of needs work. You know, if things are just very different in that culture versus growing up in America and having this culture, right? And so understanding the culture of your soul is kind of understanding, like, oh, cool, I was born into this family where there were all these expectations of how things should be. But for some reason, I always felt this way. I always felt a little bit different, you know? And so when we look at, okay, this is your cult, your soul's culture, and then these are your archetypes. Look how this makes the passage of you and how you come to the melting pot that is Earth, where polarity is huge, right? There is dark, there is light. We, we get to stray away from ourselves only to come back to know ourselves more deeply like that's why we incarnate here on earth um so understanding this culture is really helpful and so your culture is that a likened to um the north star so polaris right yeah and so when we think about that like you're the kind of person that people come to to guide their way home oh wow like you have that uh, that nature where you have always you, your culture is being that guiding light, is is being that you know guiding people back to themselves, guiding people back to their truth, guiding people back to the wisdom within them. Um, and when we think about you know sailors out lost on the ocean, you follow the north star and you'll find your way home. And so that's you, right? You're you're that person, that beacon of light for people to follow their way home to themselves and so the shadow side of that is you can be that person that people are like you know constantly it comes back to that over nurturing right constantly trying to help the whole world come home to itself you're like i'm the north star for everybody i'm gonna you know and that's where that exhaustion comes from um they, you're like this culture tends to be very, very loyal, very loyal to their work, very loyal to the people they love, very loyal to almost a fault where you're so loyal that you will stay in relationships, stay in jobs, stay in situations that are way past their expiration date. Yeah. 
That I, that is beautiful. Um, oh my gosh, just talking about guiding people home. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, the shadow side is so true too. <laughs> I definitely, uh, a lot of my relationships in my early uh, 20s and, you know, late teens where I latched on and I thought, this is it. This is the man I'm going to be with forever. I, I would have stayed with them if they hadn't broken up with me. And uh, I'm grateful for it <laughs> because it led me to where I am. But yes, I I will attach to something and I will um, feel so comfortable in it that leaving it is almost scary. And um, yeah, so I totally identify with that too. I don't know much about Polaris, so I'm going to have to do a little more research on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's starseed. So you kind of are this starseed that has come here and you want to, like bringing that culture, you really want to help people come back to themselves. You, know, you really want, that's really important and valuable to you because of the culture that you grew up in as a soul, right? That just, this is really right for you. Um, so I honor that and also honor that shadow piece of like, cool, am I just doing this because I feel very committed to following this through or am I doing it because it feels right for me in my life right now? That's great. Thank you for that. Um, I, I knew all of this, but it's such a good reminder. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's why I love it because it's like every, every reading I have, I'm always, people are like, oh, oh yeah, it's totally me. That makes so much sense. You know, like I'm not telling you anything you didn't know. I'm just putting it in a reference space that it's clear. Yeah. And I love, um, you know, I just think so much of healing is learning about ourselves. And the more that we know about ourselves, the more um, we can honor and heal. And so um, you have given me something to, to look into and to Google and to learn more about. And I just, I love that. And um, so even though I knew the major themes that you were reflecting back to me, um, there's definitely some, some digging to do there. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Awesome. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. It's beautiful. So is this sort of what someone w could expect from working with you? Is um, This is kind of like obviously the tiny little tip of the iceberg, <laughs> mm -hmm. but this is similar to what you would give someone? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this would be understanding your soul's cosmology, and that's where I like to start with all of my clients, whether it's just doing a one session where they're just like, I want get to get to know myself better. And that's great. Let's do it. Um, or a whole program. You know, I have a, I have a business program that's called Soul Purpose Academy. And we go through the whole process where we go through your whole soul's cosmology and then I help you get really clear about, okay, well, how do I market from this place? How do I magnetize my ideal clients? How do I, how do I be in business from my soul's like purpose how do I create a business that is a purpose and that's probably one of my favorite things to help people do um just because it took me so long to really get clear about my own business and so I feel like I created the business school that I needed like six years ago and uh, <laughs> um and then and then also you have one-on-one -on -one coaching where we go through the whole process and we can look at everything right we can talk about this piece and we talk about your guides who is here supporting you, and then we go into any kind of attachments that we're carrying um, that are basically they're like clouding up the the meter, or clouding up the screen to your life, right? It's like you're in the ego, and it's all cloudy, and you just keep operating from the same pattern over and over and over again. It's like, why can't I shift this? What is it? And so we look at that and say, like, oh, cool, you're carrying, you know, pass. You're being really passive carrying passiveness at your sacral chakra, which is, you know, around like creation, sex, um, enjoying life. So what's going on? Like, why do you feel like you can't fully enjoy life? Why do you feel like you can't fully be the embodied sexy version of yourself? Like let's dive into that and, and we can look, is it a past life? Is it a present life? Um, and then, you know, varying just holding space and, and doing a lot of coaching because I've, been a coach for so long so I, I really weave the whole all of it together yeah it sounds like a um a really complete package and I know you also have a book is that right mm -hmm. can you talk about that yeah a bit? yeah so I published a book actually last month 
and it's called Coming Home. <laughs> ah, I need to read this. <laughs> yes, yes. It's um, a compilation. So I was really blessed to have, um, I want to say, five other authors who are also soul healer practitioners, so who also do the Akashic work. Um, we all just got together, and we had sessions that we've done with clients, and we put it all together. So it's like going on a journey with clients through their own experiences and what came up for them for through each package. So it's either through their soul blueprint, like what we've done, or through understanding their spirit guides, or through understanding their healing at soul level, like what we were just talking about, so past life or present life. Uh, and it's super interesting. It's really cool to see how different practitioners approach different things. And um, and it, it's, it was such a fun experience to do. So I'm really excited. And people can find that on Amazon. It's called Coming Home. Um, and I can give you the link, too. Yeah, I'm going to order it. <laughs> so <I get> that <laughs> Perfect. Don't order it because I'm going to send you a copy. Oh, well then. Oh, that's even more exciting. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's amazing. What a beautiful compilation of work. It sounds like um, oh, just going to be incredible to read. I'm so excited. So thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> well, thank you, Megan. Is there anything else um, that I didn't get to that you really wanted to kind of jump into? Anything I missed? No, you know, it's I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunity and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share what I do and using you as an example because it can be, you know, kind of vulnerable to share that kind of stuff. So it's pretty awesome and yeah, I'm grateful just to be here to show up and share in this way. It's it's definitely taken me a while. Yeah, I understand that and I just appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing your story and I just think the more we share about what um, brought us to where we are is just so good for other women to hear and just know that we're not alone. And um, it's just so important to, to just share. It's something that I think um, with the dawn of technology and all that we have now, I think we should lean into that and use it as a way to um, heal each other. And so I just appreciate you showing up for this and, and shining your light for everyone. So thank you, Megan. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. If you are interested in working with Megan, I have included links to her website and all of her social media platforms in the show notes below. But she's also offering my listeners a discount on her Money Shadow mini course. Here you'll learn how to manifest more money by removing any blocks that you might have to creating abundance in your life. I will include a link to the course below. And be sure to use the code I am rising for 20% off. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at athenarisingpodcast.com or at Athena Rising Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.